Welcome to Zimmerman Podcast, Episode 76. Today, I'm sitting down with Jesse DeLo, manifestation coach, certified yoga instructor, art therapist, and co-founder of How You Glow. She's been featured in Goop and Forbes. I first met Jesse at the Nourish Conference, where we both were speaking. I didn't go to all the other speaker sessions, but I made sure I went to hers. It didn't take me more than a few minutes to know that Jessie has incredible wisdom and practical tools for women and business owners like you and me. I know you'll agree. So let's get into it. All right. You ready? Let's do it. I'm Jessica Zimmerman, and this is Zimmerman Podcast. I'm a serial entrepreneur, mom to three, and professional oversharer who has spent a decade building my business and helping others do the same. From wedding floral design to business education, features in Martha Stewart Weddings and Forbes magazine, and even writing and publishing my best-selling memoir, Sleeping with a Stranger, my business has kept growing, evolving, and changing year after year, just like me. Because the best thing about building a strong business is the freedom it gives me to live a full life. And that's what Zimmerman Podcast is all about, sharing real, transparent, in-the-moment reflections about how to live a life, build a business, and lead a family through the good, the hard, and the messy. That's what we're doing each week, right here on Zimmerman Podcast. Welcome to the show. Jesse, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Jessica. I'm so excited to chat with you. It's been far too long. It has. I I remember first meeting you at Nourish Retreat and we went out on the beach and we you were you were leading a discussion about um manifesting your dreams. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I had never really listened to anyone talk about manifestation, to be completely honest. And when you got to talking about it, I remember just thinking, oh, oh, yeah, I do that. Oh, okay. (laughs) And I didn't really know that that was something that had to be taught. I, I, and you can speak more to this, but I guess there are people who just kind of are natural manifestors. And then there are people who need to, just like any of us, need to learn, you know, certain ways of life. So, Um, that was just such a wonderful discussion. And I just remember walking away from that with so much and, and learning it kind of to, to a a better level, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, I think you're right in that some people have a lot more to undo than other people. So I think it's less about like, you know, learning so much as it's more like unlearning the beliefs and, um, you know, limiting thought processes that keep people stuck. So if someone had an upbringing that was really supportive and really empowering and didn't have a lot of, you know, insecurities or or doubts about themselves, they're probably going to, you know, naturally manifest what they want because they believe that they can attract what they want and they believe they can create the reality that they want. But it's the people who don't have that sort of natural cheerleader inside of them who doubt themselves, who don't feel worthy of what they want. Um, and those are the people who it takes a little bit more training um, and mental discipline and energetic work to step into the reality that they're calling in. Mm. 
Oh, that's fascinating. Okay. I cannot wait to dive deeper into that because even you just saying that made me think of a couple things to talk about. But I just am really excited to talk to you today about manifestation, both in work and in our personal lives. You have such a fascinating professional focus on both romance and intimacy and business. Can you give us a little personal history of how you got started in the, in the manifestation place? Yes, for sure. So my background, my education is in art therapy. I got a master's in art therapy from NYU. And then right before that, I got trained as a yoga teacher. I lived somewhere for a month, um, you know, really immersing myself in yoga and meditation and um, more holistic practices. And when I started NYU, it's really awesome because it's a clinical program. So from day one, you're working with people. You're not just, you know, in a classroom, you're out there working. And so I paired um, yoga and meditation with art making and art therapy. And that was my focus. That was my interest of helping people to really dive into their subconscious and their unconscious. And just really learn about themselves, unlock things that were stuck. Um, and I found that you could really do that by pairing, you know, these sort of body practices, somatic practices with um, meditation and also with art making that is like, you know, a direct channel into your subconscious. So, and also it's a, it's just a really therapeutic um, means of, of working with someone when you're making art and you're not so focused on, you know, the literal problem at hand, but you can work more in a metaphor. So a lot can get done um, in a way that people don't really realize it's happening. And then all of a sudden they catch up and they're like, oh, wow, that's really profound. Um, so anyway, so I was doing that for a while, really loved it, moved to LA, was working in treatment centers all over the place, driving around, from place to place in high risk, you know, environments. And I really enjoyed it. I loved it, but I felt that I was missing some other aspect because I was just sort of a one woman show, you know, I was like going from place to place. I wasn't really learning anymore because I was just sort of doing my own thing and I had no one else around me. And I actually, from that point on, started um, a business called How You Glow, which is a lifestyle and wellness platform. And I started that with a business partner, and that was something I did alongside the work I was doing with people. And that really filled the gap that I was feeling with a lot of collaboration, a lot of learning, um, seeking out healers and different modalities and learning about them, diving in and then sharing it with a lot of people. So um, through that process and through even just, you know, deepening my own practice with, with clients that I was working with, um, I just started to evolve my interest and started getting more into the spirituality and um, wanted to expand beyond just therapy with people. And once I had my daughter, Amelie, I didn't want to work in the treatment centers anymore. I wanted to sort of work in, you know, for myself, my own schedule. And I actually ended up starting to work at the beach, which was my dream and I made that happen. And I just started, you know, working with people to, you know, beyond all labels and titles of what I was doing was really just helping them create their dream reality. And I called it manifestation coaching. Um, and it just really, you know, pulls from all of the modalities that I've learned and that I've taught and, and that I continue to, you know, immerse myself in. I remember 
going to nurse retreat, you and I were both teaching sessions and um, I didn't attend all of them, but I wanted to attend yours. Yours was um, a workshop about manifestation and it was down at the beach, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, yours was the only class down at the beach. So how how cool is that? <laughs> you, you manifested that for yourself. Yeah. So I remember us going around the circle and you were asking questions and I can't even remember everything that you asked. I just remember looking around and some of the people around, you know, it took a minute for them to answer the question. And for me, it was just really easy. Not that it was easy, but it came naturally to just answer that or know the answer. And I I think that that is when you said to me, oh, so you've, you've been manifesting your whole life or you just naturally Mm -hmm. manifest. Mm -hmm. And, um, what do you, what do you have to say about that? Like, people who, because I I talk often about a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And I think it kind of also goes hand in hand with what what you do. You know, you you either believe that there's more out there for you or you don't. Right. Well, I think what I what I picked up on with you is that you have this perception that anything is possible, right? If you think mm-hmm. of something, you believe you can achieve it. You believe that that's possible for you just because you simply thought it and you're drawn to it, right? And so you will pursue that without the limitations that a lot of people feel, which is, you know, all the reasons why it won't work out or what mm-hmm. other people are going to think about them or who am I to you know, step into that role or who am I to have that? Um, And so a lot of people are, you know, just stuck and held back from living the life that they want to live because of these limiting beliefs that they put on themselves. And it's really a lot about, you know, how you were raised, about your childhood, about how, you know, your your, um, perception of self um, and also the, the thoughts that just cycle through the mind on a daily basis, which create your reality. So I wrote a book called Sleeping with a Stranger, and in it I talk about um, meeting this doctor. I call her California doctor in the book, and she has a way of just kind of being able to read your energy, and she's a holistic doctor, and she's also an MD, and and I remember I did a call with her and then also my husband who had been sick for a long time, and one of the things that she picked up on with my husband was she said, a lot of this has to do with um, emotional, with what you went through as a child. And she said, you know, you were emotionally abandoned. And what that, you know, means, we've been doing a lot of research and my husband's been, you know, in therapy for that and really doing the work on it. And it doesn't mean that his parents aren't wonderful people. They did the best that they could, but they had, you know, uh, learned behaviors that they learned in their own um, upbringing. And they did the best they could. And now, you know, Brian is trying to to break that cycle. But I think that for me, I was very emotionally taken care of. I was taught how to nurture my feelings and how to express my feelings. My parents apologized when they were wrong. You know, I mean, it was it was a really wonderful upbringing. And I think um, my husband didn't really learn how to um, tap into his emotions. So he kind of became, um, a self-abandoner where Mm. he neglects himself. He just tries to make everything and everybody. Okay. Like, no, let's not have any waves. And I think because of that, he hasn't been able to manifest things for himself. And I hope that he gets to a place, you know, sooner than later where he 
works all that out and is able to. But I can see what you're saying about your your background has a lot to do with with that. Yeah, and and also people should should also not feel down about that either because you know if you can bring the awareness to it and just shine a light on it, it can actually you know help you even more to have had those difficult experiences because you have more you know sort of teachings under your belt, right? Mm-hmm. Like the things that we come up against that aren't what we would have planned or we wouldn't have chosen for ourselves are usually blessings and opportunities to learn and to grow and to also to help others, right? And to become an example of what's possible. And so the more you've been through, if you're able to become aware and and use it in order to then become free from it, and, you know, move through it, then you're actually better off for experiencing it in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why does manifestation work? Like, why does it really work? And why do you think some people are resistant to it? So manifestation, just even the term, we're all manifesting everything you know, every day, right? So you wake up and your first thought and the way that you view the world and the way that you think the day is going to go, all of that means something, right? It all has an impact on the reality that you perceive and the reality that you experience, you know, through your eyes and through your cells and through your energy. So manifestation, I mean, whether you believe in it or not, you know, it's simply that we create our own realities based on our inner worlds, right? The outside world is a mirror for what's going on inside. And we all know that when we, you know, shift, you know, a belief or we shift the way we we think about something, maybe we get taught something or we listen to an inspiring talk or we hear a song, something that shifts our energy or shifts the way that we feel. Or even when we encounter a person with like, negative energy or someone who's like super positive and beaming, it has an effect on us, right? And we feel that it's real. And so manifestation is the idea that, you know, you can see in your outer reality, what you choose to based on how you cultivate your inner world. It's interesting. Yesterday, I had kind of an emergency phone call with the California doctor, as I like to call her. Um, And she said to me, she said, you are a powerful manifester. Mm. And I said, how do you know that? Like, how can you pick up on that or how, because I was real, I was calling her because I was really struggling. Like I normally am pretty positive. I'm a big believer in the strength finders test where it, it tells you, you know, what your top five strengths are and that those are the things that, you know, you should, uh, have on your plate, kind of everything else you should outsource. Right. And my number one strength is positivity. I just, um, I try to always see the good in things or that this is happening, you know, for me, not to me. And so, you know, um, releasing a book, uh, you know, a week <laughs> into the pandemic, you know, um, and we had this whole book tour, you know, ready yeah. and, and media and everything. And it's all, you know, been pushed back. And for those first, you know, like three months, I was really good about it. I was really like, this is, this is okay. I'm it. Timing is everything. And this is all gonna, you know, get promoted when it's supposed to get promoted. But within the last couple of weeks, I had really gotten just, frustrated 
really with my lack of control, you know, with it. And, um, and she just said to me, you need where you are right now is exactly where you're supposed to be. You just need to sit in it for a minute and you have to understand that you are a powerful manifester, that everything is going to happen. And that was just such a nice, um, I guess, reminder that, Yeah. yeah, you really do create your reality. Yeah. And just the way that you, that you look at any situation, right? Like there's certain things that we can't control. We can't control what's going on with the pandemic. We can't control the limitations of what we, what we can do right now because of what's going on in the world, but we can control our outlook, how we look at it, how we respond to it. Um, you know, our energy that we meet it with. And some people have had, you know, incredible silver linings, happen you know even of course there's been so much you know i don't want to discount all of the terrible tragedies that have happened but there's also been a lot of people who have been shaken up in the right direction who have Mm -hmm. been able to follow maybe a dream that they wouldn't have you know pursued or you know even my family we moved um inspired by you know the new freedom of being able to to work virtually and just also being like life's too short let's just live where we want to live you know absolutely yeah so i think that it, you know where did you move to we actually moved to uh, montecito oh yeah santa barbara area so not too far from where we were no oh, i love that area though it's so pretty it's very peaceful very very beautiful really happy here mm-hmm. um But yeah, I think, you know, if you don't view anything as necessarily positive or negative, but just as neutral and as an opportunity to respond to it with like the best, you know, seeing it in the best light possible, um, but not labeling it as good or bad or, you know, anything that it should be other than what it is then you then you can respond without being stressed out about it but the second you get stressed out about it then your energy starts to shrink right and your energy starts to all the doors start to to close rather than open because you're starting to feel like things are slipping through right and not going your way and it's a very fear-based mentality which then puts your body into that state of fight or flight even in the most subtle way it has an impact on your energy Mm-hmm. It makes you less of a manifester, right? Oh, less so of an good. less of an effective manifester, I should say, because you're still manifesting, just right. not in the desired way that you want to. Definitely, and um, and she said something that I thought, wow, that's so true. She said, you know, what you resist persists. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It's so so true. Yeah, and and any resistance, you know, just keeps you keeps you stuck, right? Mm-hmm. Keeps you stuck Absolutely. from going through to the other side of what, what you actually want, what's on the other side. Do you think that some people don't allow themselves to um, to dream or to think that something is possible for them because they don't know how it will happen and so they just kill it with the how? Absolutely. I mean, there's a million ways that people stop themselves from dreaming. Um, I think it's really endless. <laughs> there's so there's so many excuses for why things can't happen or mm-hmm. why it will never be that way or that's not meant for for them. And I always ask people, you know, a lot of the clients that I work with will get into that mindset of all the things that could go wrong or all the, 
you know, things that people will say about them or all the judgments they have about themselves. And I really encourage people to flip the script and think about all the things that could go right and why, why it will go right and how they deserve it to go, you know, right. And even just the desire for something that you, you know, like an authentic desire, not just like a superficial desire, but a real authentic desire that you you, your soul is craving something is enough reason why you deserve it. You don't need some complex, you know, justification. It's if you have this yearning in your heart and in your soul to have something, a relationship, a, a job, a house, whatever it is, the feeling that you want, you know, if you can connect with that and tap into that and a big secret to manifestation, skillful manifestation is being grateful for everything you already have and being really content in everything that you have knowing that all that you want is coming, that it's a part mm -hmm. of the greater picture that you just can't see yet. But when mm -hmm. you feel like it's on, it's separate from you, that's when you are in that lack mentality. Oh, that is so good. That is so good. I mean, I just want to like needle point that on a pillow. That is <laughs> so good. Also, my listeners are probably thinking, what has happened to Jessica? Because you somehow, um, because you speak so calmly and softly, I have, am now mirror, mirroring that and I'm speaking uh, softly and calmly and normally I'm much louder. Uh, and, um, but that's <laughs> I love funny. it. That's I love funny. Your voice. It is so thank calming. Thank you. Thank I you. I could just listen to you all day. That's very sweet. I was actually just recording a guided meditation before this. So maybe I'm still in that sort of maybe mode. So. <laughs> I love it. So when you talk about skillful meditation, what are some things that you do or that we can do, you know, as as deliberate practice? I was speaking the other day about um, some of the key things that uh, successful people do. And one of them is deliberate practice, which is the practice of something, but um, it's the practice of something that's outside of our comfort zone and deliberately making a decision to practice that, you know, every day. So I think manifesting um, could be that for some people. So how can we skillfully practice it? So one piece of advice I have is when you wake up in the morning, um, first thing is to say thank you, like have the, that first thought be thank you and to really appreciate that you have a new day, that you have, you know, you're starting from a place of gratitude and, and not only just saying thank you, but try to really feel those words, like feel thank you and, and tune into that space of gratitude because there's a lot of, you know, hype around gratitude and all the benefits, which are all true, but just by writing a gratitude list, it doesn't actually do anything. The key is to actually feel grateful. That's what creates the energetic shift, right? And mm -hmm. when you feel grateful, your electromagnetic field, which is the field we all have around us, um, actually expands. It grows, it gets bigger. So we have more of a reach to um, connect with people, like to to magnetize what it is that we want. That that feeling of being in synchronicity and flow when you can connect without even having to pick up the phone, you know, it just it's like this sort of um, antenna that you have that's really sharp. So the more grateful that you feel, the sharper that antenna gets and the, the wider your field of energy can travel. Um, and like I said before, the 
the more fear-based sort of thinking or anxiety or stress that most people are operating from is a very, very restricted energy field. Actually, your energy shrinks to go inside of you to give you the reserves of energy that you need because your body thinks that you're under attack or you're under a threat. So you use that energy to sort of um, keep you safe, right? As a protective mechanism to keep you safe. And so your energy can't be used for manifestation, for output, for connection. Um, so the first thing I would say is really try to hone in on what you're grateful for and feeling grateful for and, you know, really noticing the blessings that you already have in your life. Like you're just having a healthy body, having, you know, a bed to sleep in a roof over your head, delicious food to eat. There's so much to be grateful for on a daily basis, you know, several times a day that, you know, just the simple pleasures, really tuning into those little things that can really give you a lot of gratitude um, and start to notice what makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing I would say is um, create time in the morning and it can only be like two minutes or so if you want, but to vision out your day, to create a template for the, the day that you want to create and the energy that you want to have. So cultivating this feeling of your most magnetic, most vibrant, most confident, authentic self um, and really, it could be a meditation practice. I actually just recorded a, a meditation helping someone to sort of visualize this and tap into this. But you can do it yourself as just, you know, what is the most sort of fully expressed version of you and tapping into that and then seeing that version of yourself and feeling that version of yourself move throughout your day. And so you're watching like a movie of the day that you have ahead and seeing yourself interact with everyone that you have planned to interact with, leaving space for maybe sort of, um, you know, extra things that you want to call in that haven't already been in your calendar before, but you want them to come in an email that you want to receive, um, feelings that you want to get you know, however you want to spend your day and the energy that you want to have, I want you to really watch yourself, you know, embodying that as you move through. And then at the end of the day, before you go to sleep, um, playing that back. So playing back sort of the movie of your day in real time, how you actually lived it without judgment, you know, but just more awareness based of like, okay, from that point where I set that intention at the beginning of the day of how I wanted to experience my reality, how did it go? You know, and watching that back and maybe, you know, saying, asking yourself in a gentle, non judgmental way, like, where did I fall out of alignment? Where was my energy depleted? Where did, you know, I not act in the way that I wanted to? Mm. And, and taking full responsibility for your life and for your energy. That's a huge one. Yes. Not, not blaming, you know, external factors, not blaming people, other people, but really claiming your own responsibility for creating a reality and for your emotions and for your energy. And that, again, this whole external world is a mirror for you. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. Would you pay a dollar a day for more energy, focus, and drive? That's what I get with Beekeepers Naturals Bee Powered Superfood Honey. Every day, I take a spoonful of their bee powered honey, and every night, I go to bed after my kids, which is saying a lot. Before Bee Powered, I'd be totally out of energy by 4 p.m. Can anyone relate? 
Running a growing business while being a mom to three kids, including some pretty wild twin boy toddlers, it's exhausting. But with Be Powered, I feel more focused and driven than I have in a while, like maybe even before kids. You know I wouldn't try to sell you something that I don't believe in and actually use myself, but I love my Be Powered, and now I honestly can't imagine my life without it. If you want 15% off Be Powered, go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash B to get yours today. That's ZimmermanPodcast.com slash B-E-E. Can you share some of the most transformative manifestation stories you've seen? Mm, There's so many. I mean, I've worked with a lot of people by now that have had, you know, a lot of people, I'd say most people come to me for love, um, to attract love, or even if they're in a relationship that's just not going as they wish it was, um, and, you know, business related things. And then, you know, everything in between. But I would say those are the most common. And many clients I've worked with have either come to me in a relationship that wasn't working well and been able to sort of see their partner in a different way based on the inner work that they've done and show up with different energy and their relationship really improves. Um, or they actually wind out of that relationship and then end up finding like their be all end all soulmate, get married, have babies, like all of it, you know, like Mm -hmm. really I've seen them, you know, things that they never thought were possible because they were staying in a relationship because they felt like, they'd given it this much time and there was probably no one else out there for them. And they didn't believe they were worthy of more. I've seen people, you know, have the confidence, um, you know, and self-respect to exit that relationship and then like really quickly find, you know, incredible love. Um, people who have gotten pregnant who had been trying for a long time, people, you know, quitting their job and starting their own business. A lot of people who want to start their own business come to me. Um, So a lot of people have launched products and I get so excited when they finally like send me whatever it is that they, their idea was, you know? And uh, yeah, so there's just been so many, I'd say, you know, I get really excited when people, you know, end up getting married or having a kid. I think that's really, it's, it like gives me the chills, you know? Yeah, that's incredible. I love that you focus both on uh, romance and, you know, relationships and on business, because I think really these are the two areas that, you know, most people were, you know, we're looking for clarity and we're looking for for purpose. Did you intentionally focus on those two topics um, from the beginning or did that evolve naturally? I mean, I think it's it's something that I put a lot of focus on in my own life. Like uh, my relationship with my husband is like my first priority. And I I very outwardly express like how obsessed I am with him and how obsessed I am with love. And um, it's a very big focus in my life. So I think that that comes through. Um, and I think... Y'all do seem very happy. ridiculously beautifully in love you're also like the most gorgeous little family i've ever seen in my life that's so sweet but yeah we are we are you know truly madly in love he's 100 million percent my soulmate and i want i think when you experience something like that you want other people to experience that too because i truly feel it's like to me um such a 
gift and such a secret to living a great, happy life. And the business stuff too, I think I've been able to create a career that is really you know, based on my interests, based on my, you know, schedule. And I I view it as limitless and I view it as something that's always evolving, always expanding. Um, and I'm really excited that I'm able to, you know, create this, this career setup for myself. And I think that also comes through and, you know, I love helping people to vision out what that is for them. You know, as a business owner, I'd imagine that with this kind of work, you really have to believe in what you're doing, you know, and believe in yourself. It's a little different than, you know, other industries. And I know for me, like with my work, I believe in it. I believe that it's worth, um, you know, someone paying me for my, for what I know and things like that. And how do you communicate your worth when someone might be doubting how you can how your help might actually benefit them. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a great question. I think the answer to that is I don't really, um, I don't really convince people very much. Like I, I have a lot of people who reach out who are like, you know, you're want, attracting the right people. Yeah, who, who, yeah. who? I'm attracting the right people. But when people have a lot of doubts, I just say, you know, reach out to me when you're ready. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to sit around and convince someone to work with me. I think when right. someone is ready, then they're ready. Um, I don't spend a lot of time doing that, and instead, a lot of my work is very much like word of mouth, organic. Like, you know, someone will work with me and then send their husband or send their mom or send their friend or bring me to their company, and then I do work with their team, you know, a corporate workshop, and then that team will refer me to the next team. So it's very much like, you know, I think I always encourage my clients too. It's like, you don't need to sell yourself to somebody, right? It's like, you don't need to be defending your work and why you're worthy of working with someone. Um, you, you have to hold, you know, space for the people who are drawn to you and who want to come. And I think, you know, if people, if people are ready, they're going to sign up. Yeah, that's so good. Absolutely. So you have a podcast called Madly Forever. What is it like doing a podcast with your husband? Is he as willing to be as honest as you are? Is it hard navigating what you'll share and what you'll keep private? Yes. Yeah, so Madly Forever, we, we started together and it was always under, you know, the idea that Brian would come on, my husband, Brian would come on when he could, because he's very busy. He's um, a hotel owner and real estate um, guy, and he has a lot going on. So it wasn't like he's, he's, you know, fully, you know, hosting this podcast, but we have hosted together, you know, a bunch of episodes, which has been so much fun, but he, he comes on when he can. So it's not, fully, fully, you know, always together. Um, but we don't actually talk about ourselves on the podcast. We're more exploring other people's relationships and talking to experts, talking to coaches, talking to, you know, um, therapists and couples. And, um, we even did one with my parents, which was awesome. And we're really the the whole impetus behind starting this podcast was that, uh, we wanted to, we want to stay in love forever. We want to not just stay in love. We want to be madly in love forever. And we realized that, you know, it's very easy right now. We've been married for four years, been together for five years, and it, it comes very naturally, very easily. But we realized that life is long and we always want to feel this way. We always want to 
you know, continuously work on what we've got and make sure we still have it. And actually our wedding bands are engraved with Madly Forever. So that's where the name, that's where we took the name for the podcast. Um, But so, you know, we don't really disclose a lot about ourselves because it's more about us learning. Definitely. That's really good. I love the name of the podcast. That's so good. I feel like I need to have a conversation with you (laughs) because um, I don't, you know, in sleeping with a stranger, I talk about, um, it's a very, just a real raw and honest look at what happened, you know, to my husband and I, when he got ill, he got really, really sick. And what was he sick with? He had a gut issue. I don't want to give the whole thing away, but um, but he had a, a gut issue that we could not figure out for a couple of years. Mm. And um, which all it all also goes all the way back to what I was talking about earlier, the emotional um, abandonment and all of that. But mm-hmm. basically, you know, we were just you know, could not get enough of each other for 11 years, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then this illness came and it was like, we both became different people because we had to, to survive, you know, Mm. he went from being the sole provider to being, you know, kind of chained to our master bathroom, which is like the least sexy, you know, place. Um, and then I went from kind of pretending to have a job to now being the sole provider of, uh, our family of five. I my twin boys were six weeks old when this happened. Wow. And, oh my um, gosh. My daughter was two. And and we are still, you know, uh working on getting all that back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just getting back. And it is a it is a daily, you know, practice and a daily um because when you also for him, you know, when you go through something that physical, you deal with the physical illness and then uh, your brain finally has a chance to catch up mm-hmm. and then you're kind of going through mentally like what just happened to me, you know, and I lost the first year of my boys' lives and, you know, I mean, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so anyway. And you how and long I, ago we, was that? How long ago? 2015 is when uh, the boys were born and when he was diagnosed. And so we had two years of really dealing with the physical illness and then two years of dealing with just kind of the mental side. I mean, he went into, I've never, ever, ever seen him anything but happy. And he went into just this full on depression that I didn't know, you know, how to handle. And I, that's where the, you know, title comes with is that I felt like I was sleeping with, I didn't know who this person was. I was like, this is not who I married. And I said these vows, you know, in sickness and in health for better or for worse. And, but it's been four years of this now, you know, like how, how do you, get it back on track, you know, and we've worked really hard and we, you know, but we still have our, we still have our days, you know, but I think at the, at the core of it, we both know how great it was for so long and we both believe we can get back there. Yeah. Or you'll, you'll get to a new place, right. And new uncharted territory that, you know, has space for all of it to exist. And, you know, I think, I think that's the thing, like a lot of people try to go back to how something was, but you really can't, right? Like, it's like going into a new unchartered territory um, and reinventing yourselves as a couple that has been through something like this. 
um, and, you know, how vulnerable he's had to be and, you know, the roles having switched and all of that, like creates a totally new dynamic for you guys. Mm -hmm. And so reestablishing yourselves within that and, you know, meeting each other again, almost for the first time as, as these new people, but still with all of the, the history as well, which is so, so special and important, Mm -hmm. not easy, but, you know, I think with two people who are committed to it and who are invested in it, it can absolutely be done. I remember when we were on the beach and we were doing your session and you asked this question and I thought I've carried it with me for, I guess, two years now because when I was there, we were kind of in the thick of the the mental stuff where I just was like, I'm done. Like, I, this is so hard and I don't even know who this person is anymore, you know, all this. And um, you said, write down on a piece of paper three names of three people that you envy. And you said, and I don't mean envy in a way of like you're jealous of them or you wish bad for them, but just like who are three people that you just think, can you, do you remember how you worded this? Yeah. 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 People that, yeah, I think you're doing a great job. People that you, you know, would like to be like, or that they have something that you wish you had or that, you know, they bring up a feeling of jealousy inside of you. Mm Mm-hmm. And I still have that sheet of paper today, but I wrote down three couples, Mm. which I thought was really interesting. And, you know, what they had was they, all of them, well, there were a few things that I found, you know, that I really thought were enviable about them was that they both had their own work. Mm-hmm. Um, that they could do anywhere in the world so they could travel or they could live wherever they wanted because they both had their own businesses. Um, travel was important to them. And then also they were all uh, debt-free. Mm. And that was something that you said, you said write down the commonalities between right. them. Mm-hmm. And, sh- and then you go, okay, so that is actually what you're wanting. Mm-hmm. And that was so, it was like, yeah, I am wanting this life where I am madly in love with my husband. He is madly in love with me. We can work wherever we want to in the world, travel with our kids, and we don't have any debt. <laughs> like That yeah. is what I want. Yeah. And I don't laugh at the end to sound like that's ridiculous because I actually believe it's so possible. And I do believe that all of that is coming. Um, but that exercise was so helpful to me. Yeah. Yeah, because you know what, a lot of times, the reason I ask that question to people is because oftentimes when we think of someone or some thing or a couple that we're envious of or jealous of, we push it away and we reject it because it brings up a feeling that's uncomfortable inside of us, right? Because that feeling of jealousy um, or feeling of someone has something that I want, like, for example, a single person who sees like a couple making out on the street, right? They're like... They could be like, oh, God, and like look the other way and, you know, sort of push it away. But really what's behind that is like they have something that your soul desires, right? There's something in them that you're attracted to. They're, you're drawn to. That's something that you want, right? And so instead of, you know, judging yourself for feeling this way so much that you shut it down and you push it away, you move towards it. You inquire, what is it about 
these people or this person that I'm attracted to, that I'm drawn to, that they have, and sort of investigating and moving closer and even like spending more time with those types of people, leaning into that rather than pushing that away. And so you get closer and you allow yourself to really become on that wavelength. Um, and so often we do the opposite, but not by choice, just because we it doesn't feel good initially. Yeah, it really became what I think now is like a true north. It's like, oh, this is the compass. This is this is the direction that I'm supposed to be heading in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the more that you can communicate that with your husband, just like what you're, you know, where you guys want to go and that you both get on the same page and have that shared vision for your intention for your life together, you guys can achieve it. But when one person's holding that vision and the other person isn't, it's much harder. Sleeping with a Stranger is officially available everywhere books are sold in hardcover, paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Since the book's launch, I've been amazed by how it's been received. From being named a bestseller by USA Today, The Wall Street Journal, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble, to incredibly personal and touching reviews from my amazing readers, it's been such a wild journey. Here's one of my favorite reviews. I got the book in the mail today and finished it before going to bed. It's not that it was an easy read, it's just that I could not put it down. There were so many truth bombs that I could resonate with in my own life, but I will have to skim back through a second time to highlight them since I couldn't stop long enough to do so the first time. I don't remember the last time, if ever, I have wanted to read an entire book in one day, but this one I did. I can't wait to share this story with you. To get your copy, go to jessicazimmerman.com today or wherever books are sold. And to make sure you get all my upcoming book tour updates, join the newsletter list now. How do you um, practice this with um, your daughter? I know that, you know, one of the biggest kind of things for me in Sleeping with a Stranger was learning about really my health, like, um, spiritual, you know, meditation, moving my body every day, you know, eating five colors a day, being outside in the sun every day, like just the simplest things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so every morning I really try. um, The first thing we do when the kids wake up is we, we do these four things. And right now I'm just trying to get them in the habit of this is, this is what you want to do every day. You want to start your day you know, I, I say it's two G's and two M's, God, gratitude, movement, and meditation. Mm, um, I love that. So right now they're meditation. I mean, I'm talking five-year-old twin boys, like they just <laughs> turned five and my daughter is six. So, um, you know, the gratitude is simply, what are you grateful for? And they all tell me, um, God is like, we, I read a Bible verse and then meditation is they sit there quietly and we breathe in and through our nose and we breathe out for four, four times just to kind of get them yeah. in the habit of like being still mm-hmm. and then movement. We do, you know, seven jumping jacks, seven push-ups, seven sit-ups, just to, I'm just trying to teach them like, so great. Yeah. These are things. What do you do? What do you do with your daughter? I love that. Um, we do, we do a similar ritual um, at night. We've started that. That is, I'm trying to, okay. So the, fr- we do four questions and the first one is, what are you grateful for? What are you 
um, looking forward to what's one goal and what's one cool thing that happened this week. <laughs> and it's actually this journal, this gratitude journal for families that was, was given to me. Um, and what we moved here July 1st and I brought it with me and I was like, let's start this. And it's the cutest thing because she gets so into it. I mean, Amelie's only three, <laughs> she's three years old, but she has all the questions memorized. She knows what to expect and she answers it very, very sweetly and very, very, you know, honestly, every, mm -hmm. every week. And it's cool. Cause we do it too. Brian and I also answer all the questions and it's just such a nice sort of way to sort of bookend the day with her. And, um, other than that, I mean, we just encourage her to, to be outside, to play, to eat lots of, you know, beautiful fruits and vegetables to, you know, be silly. And she has such a good life. I mean, she, She's just, you know, all things considered with this pandemic, I mean, she's just been able to be with us so right. much, you know, and yeah. be at home. And we're so fortunate that, she, you know, she's young and doesn't, she's not missing out on much, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just think just modeling for her um, is the most important, right? Like us being sort of, you know, a good example and us loving each other and loving her. That's really mm -hmm. all we do. That's incredible. I am, um, I'm just interested. What are your kind of boundaries and stuff with, with screens and social media and email and like being online? How much of that is your day? So it varies. I mean, so my sessions that I do are over the phone. And so I take those it's not Zoom or, you know, FaceTime or anything. So I take those oftentimes walking. So I'll do like walking sessions where we live nearby to this beautiful beach and we're in this gorgeous neighborhood where, you know, lots of beautiful trees and, and flowers. And, you know, if I'm on the phone, I'm typically walking. Um, and then in terms of social media, you know, I use it as, you know, a means to connect with with clients, with brands, uh, you know, it's part of my work for how you glow. So there is definitely a good amount of it, but, you know, not excessive, to be honest, I, I feel like I really use it for what I need it for and no more. You know, mm -hmm. I sort of like go on, I, I'm not a big consumer on social media. I don't take a ton in. I'm more, I think I, I put more out than I take Same. in, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I, 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 don't overdo it. I really don't overdo it. Um, and when I find that I do, I don't feel good. So I, I really am just sensitive to it, I think. Right. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, and with screens, like we don't really watch much TV. We used to not even have a TV, but with this whole thing and being home a lot more, we, we watched more. But when we were in our old house and we didn't have any help um, in the pandemic, I, I had my daughter watching way too much uh, stuff on the iPad and on the TV. And it really was not in alignment with how I wanted her to be living her life. But I'm pregnant and I was tired and I didn't have any help and I just needed it sometimes. Sure. Um, and there's nothing wrong with it, of course, but it just was not in alignment with how I wanted her to be spending her time, you know? Right. And so once we moved here, she actually has not seen one screen. So she's literally been screen free and I'm going to try to go as long as we possibly can and undo everything that I did before. But it's, um, I think it's really like 
how you feel about it, right? It's like if something feels off or like it's depleting you or it's not in alignment with how you want to spend your time and energy, then it's not a good fit and you need to, you know, create boundaries. Um, And so I listen to that with myself too. Absolutely. Oh, that's so good. Thank you so much for taking the time to to just share today. This has been really, really good. It's been so good to talk to you. Oh, it's so wonderful to talk to you too. Thank you. I can't wait to read this book of yours. It sounds really amazing and really um, like honest and, you know, really personal. It It is. <laughs> it's very honest and personal, but it was just, I don't know, I, even during the whole time when all of that was happening, I, I, I don't know. I just knew this is not happening for nothing. You know, I yeah. knew that there was a, again, coming from a place of this is happening for you, not to you. Yep. And I got to a space with it where I really believed. And I remember telling Brian, we were about two years into the illness. And I said, I, I believe that we're supposed to share this story. And I don't know what that means. I don't know how, I don't know what, in what way. Um, but I believe that this has been given to us mm. to share and um, I mean, I don't know another man on the planet who would allow his wife to write the things I wrote in this book. But yeah, um, I was going to ask how he handled that. He was, I mean, he was so great. He was like, yes, I want you to write it. And I want you to write um, everything. He said, you wow. can't leave anything out. He said, because if you leave the worst parts out, then people, because that was one of his struggles when he was going through all this, it was very hard to find, you know, any kind of forum or blog or anything where, where anyone was saying that they had a similar issue. Right. You would hear people go, oh, oh, I have ulcerative colitis or, oh, I have Crohn's or, oh, I have, you know, IBS or something like that. But you never heard people really kind of, they would just say what they were taking and then that was it. They weren't really sharing what was really going on. And so he said, if you don't share all of it, then people will think what I thought, which is no one has actually ever been through this before. Like I have it worse than anyone on the planet. And he said, we want to be able to give, you know, hope. And um, he said, so in order for you to do that, you have to share it, all of it. Wow. And um, yeah, I mean, he, he read everything. And I told him, I was like, I will take out anything that you want. And he was like, nope, you got to leave it all in. Wow, that's really commendable and amazing. And, you know, yeah, I think you're absolutely right that this is sort of your guys's, your struggle was for the learning and involvement of so many others to to feel seen and to feel understood. And yeah, it's really beautiful that you're putting that out there for other people. It's not easy to do. I hope that what it does is, you know, by by sharing vulnerably about it, I hope it liberates um, it liberates me from, from it and mm. empowers others, you know? Yes. Yes, totally. Cause you're not alone in it anymore. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so good. I can't wait for you to read it. And I really do. I want to set up a call with you because 100%, I want to just, let's do it. I want to get even better at manifesting and all of that good stuff. Okay. I have one more question. Um, I asked this question to everyone on the podcast. Um, and this is quite fitting because you're in Montecito, which is where she lives. Um, so if you had Oprah's money, so you have billions of dollars and you had to spend it on yourself, something totally selfish what would you buy? Great question. I love that question. Um, and I think it would have to be 
like spa wellness related because that's my obsession. Um, and I think it would be like a home, like a very dialed in home spa with like, a, you know, amazing like hot tub and cold plunge and sauna steam, like masseuse, uh, you know, oh, so good. Pilates, everything, everything that just keeps you feeling super good and in your body um like a little retreat almost in your in in our house that would be what it's I would like do. a yes um like a just like a home wellness resort 100%. and then my fa- friends and family could come and experience it so we'd have like our own spa in our house that would be the dream that would be incredible. That's maybe the best <laughs> answer that I've heard anyone say. Um, although Doug Buden did say on his episode that he would have brand new sheets every night. Ooh. He was like, there's nothing better than a brand new crisp pair of sheets. Ooh. He goes, I'd put one on every night and then I'd take it off and donate it. And uh, I, I, I think sheets get better and better as you wash them, I have to say. I agree. <laughs> I agree. But I just thought that is such an interesting answer. No, yours is so good. I love that question because I think really what you get from the answer is the core of what's important to someone. Yeah. Well, yeah. massages, spa. <laughs> but it's wellness. It's well, it's wellness. About yourself yes, totally. And wellness and being your best self. That's what that is. Cause you know, all those things help you to be your best self. So yes, I love absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And if um, any of your listeners um, on this call are looking to manifest love, I'm actually putting out a course, um, this week, I think I'm launching it on my on my website that people can take to help them to cultivate that. So oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. How can people find you? How can people um, reach out? Um, so my website is uh, jessiedelow.com, J-E-S-S-I-E-D-E-L-O-W-E.com. And then my Instagram is just my name at jessiedelow. And then how you glow is my wellness um, lifestyle platform. So you can check that out as well, www.howyouglow.com. Um, and the Instagram is How You Glow. And then, of course, there's also Madly Forever podcast. So if you're interested to, to dive into that, I would be honored for you to listen. Well, thank you so much. I just cannot thank you enough for coming in here and, um, you know, getting me to speak calmly for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was such a pleasure to talk to you. And I really sincerely can't wait to read your book. So thank you for putting that out there. Thank you so much. Well, this episode got really, really, really fast, right? <laughs> I hope my conversation with Jesse helped you identify your true north. This week, I want to encourage you to reflect on how your internal life might be influencing your external world. If you want to start manifesting more in your everyday life, try practicing gratitude and doing Jesse's homework from the Nourish Retreat. Identify the three people who you find yourself deeply envying and use that as your north star the guide to what you really want for your own life. Thanks for tuning in today. I'll see you right here next week on Zimmerman Podcast. If you loved what you heard today, even if you liked it a lot, you should subscribe and leave a review. We'll see you back here next time in the Zimmerman Podcast.